Welcome to How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. This show is produced by E-Presence, and I am Mark Galvin, the founder and president of that firm. We are coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Welcome to the show where we talk about business and social media. So appreciate you joining us. As you know, this show is brought to you by the social media management firm ePresence, and we manage social media for both companies and individuals. And I'm awful excited. We have a new service that we're throwing out there. Actually, it's not really necessarily that new, but it's grown organically. We found that folks really would like this. So uh, we've kind of formalized it. Let's call it, let's say that. So the name of the service is called Career Catalyst, and it has four components. We sit down with college students, so folks that have just grabbed their college degree. We help them clean up their LinkedIn profile. We go over their resume with them. Yes, they get a resume from school. All the, the colleges have a class where they'll write the resume, and they're not quite where they need to be. Um, they need a little re- refinement. Um, then we do a mock interview with them. Interview, we sit down, we have a conversation with them, and and go through a full interview with each of those students, help them get ready, give them some good feedback. And then we do a skills analysis. Uh, we feature the results of Strengths Finders 2.0 and let people understand, let these students understand what it is they need to focus on to get that next position. So if you're interested in something like that, hit us at epresence.me, epresence.me, and let us know if you'd like to be uh, to hear more about that. Well, let's get back to the show. I'm awfully excited. We have a wonderful guest today. Um, she is uh, she's a local celebrity, as it turns out. Um, her name is Rebecca Britzi. Is that right? That I say is, that right? That is perfect. That's yes. perfect. So, you. you know, I'm from the South. I, re- I read your name and I said, oh, her name is Rebecca Breezy. Yeah. You get a, do you get that often? Breezy? Yes, and it's not that different, frankly. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. You're okay with that? I'm okay with that. Oh, yes. well, I like that. <laughs> well, you are coming to us. Your firm is R.G. Breezy or Breezy. Yes. Right? Perfect. Oh, my. I love that. Oh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's fun to say things like that, the way they're supposed to be said. Yeah. Um, and, and so you are, you're, you're kind of a standalone, you're a consultant. Give me an idea. What do you do at your firm? I do strategy and planning for small businesses primarily. Okay. And I, I am, as you say, standalone. I, I run my own business and provide the services to small businesses anywhere from solopreneurs up to usually in the 50 employees or so. Awesome. And and so in your bio, yes. you talk about 12 Italian grandmothers and their tomato sauce recipes. You've got to describe this. Yeah. Because I can't do it that well. So tell me, <laughs> describe this to me. How did you come up with this description and how does it paint the picture of what you do? I. I grew up in, in an Italianate part of the world. I am myself Italian, and it's a classical thing that every grandmother has her own recipe for doing very traditional dishes. And uh, every there's always a special ingredient or a special step that is a secret and unique to mm. each family. Um, but the outcome is the same dish, essentially. What I learned uh, throughout my career in business was that businesses are very much the same, really. There are essentials that are required for every business to run and be successful, but the way those are brought together and the glue that binds them and the uh, exact steps that a business goes through are unique to each business, and that's what makes one business different from another. Oh, I love that. That is a great image because 
you know, it depends on the product they're selling. It depends on the service they're offering. It depends on revenue, mm -hmm. you know, either yep. lots of it or none of it. Yes. Uh, all of those have a tendency to create their own recipe and you help them succeed. And then what do you do? What What is your special sauce, if I may? Sure. What's your special sauce that helps them succeed? What do you do that's different? What's, you know, what role do you fill? The in essential thing that has to happen for me to be successful, in my view, um, with each business is to find what that secret ingredient is, what that exact recipe is that is different from every other business. Okay. So what I, however I am brought into a business, whatever particular area of business I am working on for a client, one universal is always finding that key differentiator. What is, and it's not usually one thing, it's going to be a combination of traits. And this combination of traits or behaviors make this business unique. Interesting. And so finding what that uh, unique element is um, and bringing that to the forefront of how the business runs, that's the that's the um, un the foundation of everything I do for a business. So I am a real simple guy, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and my kids will tell you that. No, they won't. But um, <laughs> I, I always try to put people in a box, and that's always bad, right? But we put categories. We do that, you know. So like like Mike Salmon, he is he he, he runs his own radio show, and you you understand that, you know, his own station and, and what he does, and it, it fits. What box do I put you in? Do I put you in marketing? Do I put you in management consulting? Do I put you in both? What, where do you fit? If, if you were to put me in a box, it would be management consulting. Okay. The, the place where I fit is I'm usually sitting at the table with the business owner or um, owners, partners, the people who are running the business. Okay. The part of the business that I'm working on is the part that then feeds into everything else. So mm. marketing is a natural offshoot of what I am doing with the business. So you're but further upstream than marketing. I'm further upstream, okay. right. And so um, marketing is a natural offshoot, offshoot. So is human resources. So is um, you know legal. Basically, all then the areas, specific areas of business administration, if you will, how those areas are being run are based on the decisions that are made at the strategy table, which is all-encompassing. Interesting. All right, so we've talked to you for a little bit already, mm -hmm. and I'm sure our listeners are picking up. You do not have a southern accent. You don't have a northern accent. No, you know, I thought not, I was blending in. You, <laughs> you, your voice is this amalgamation of all these different accents. You've, you have really lived all over the world. Give us an example. Where did you grow up, and, and where did you go to school? And give us a little history of that, because I think it's interesting. Well, I, I did move quite a bit growing up. Uh, the longest I lived anywhere was in Switzerland, but I moved a lot within, or a fair amount within Switzerland. The interesting thing there is that Switzerland has four different official languages. Oh, you're so kidding. So moving from one part of Switzerland to another meant going from a German-speaking part of the world to an Italian-speaking part of the world. Wow. So going from German-speaking school to Italian-speaking school. Um, within this, uh, my father is American, so we always had English in the home, and I okay. did go to a British school when I was very little as well. And I pick up um, a little British accent as you're talking. Well, some yeah. words are there. Yeah. I lived in the UK for a long time as well, so oh, wow. after Switzerland. So yeah, there's just a lot of moving and, and changes. So is it safe to assume that you speak a few languages? Uh, yes. How yes. many? Well, I always have to qualify this as saying <laughs> it depends on your level or what you consider the correct level of fluency. Well, you are speaking to a uh, Southern American, okay. so uh, <laughs> probably any any competency is probably impressive to me. Well, I'm bilingual in English and Italian, okay. and uh, and then I speak French and then German and Spanish. Um, but th those two in particular is where my fluency is is sadly dropping. So okay, well, I'm very impressed. And here in the in the U.S., we. 
I think we miss that. We definitely are teaching our, our young people more languages today. Yes, we yeah. see it as more more of a priority. We just don't have the luxury of going across a border to speak that well, language. Well, exactly. It's hard in America to it do is. that. Yes. It's much harder. You Fast can speak country. Spanish in the in the US more and more often. Yes. Uh, but all the you know, we are becoming more of that type of, of, of country that has more opportunities to learn other languages. So sure. I think that's great. I I forget what part of the brain that affects when you learn more languages and how, how it's just you know, it's mental exercise right. and it's good for you. So yes. I'm so I'm jealous <laughs> that, that you have that opportunity and you, you have that skill. Well let's talk a little bit about social media if you're okay, yes, with, okay with that as everyone knows we talk a little social media what's our, what are the social media updates going on and then we're going to uh we're going to pivot about halfway through the show and we're going to dig into uh sharing what rebecca does and, and all of her expertise uh, don't forget you can always send me a question on uh, any of my social media handles, and that is at epresencemg, no dots or dashes or anything, epresencem for Mark, G for Galva, that's my social media handle everywhere. Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter, and if you want to send a message right here on the show, my uh, internet is up and working, double check. Yes, it is. You can send me a message right there, and if I catch it during the show, I'll answer the question. I do have a, a comment from or a question that did come up on my social media account that I'd love to share with you guys, and it is uh, this person did not want to be named, which was funny, uh, which is fine. Uh, I still love the question. Why should they connect with everyone that sends them a connection request on LinkedIn? That was the question right? Why should they? That's how they phrased it. Why should they? And my response is, well, it doesn't, you should not right. necessarily. So if you're, if you're wondering about this, and this is a, always a question that comes up in all of my sessions, every session, I swear, it's probably nine out of 10. Should I connect with everybody? I want you to step back before you ask that question and determine this. What's your mission, right? Why are you on LinkedIn? Where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in 10 years? You've got to answer those questions. And, and this is all strategy and you, mm -hmm. you do this and you know, you sit back when you talk to owners of businesses, yes. kind of where are you going? Yes. You know, where do you want to go is probably the better question, yes. right? Well, do the same thing on your LinkedIn because it will inform you whether you should accept a request from Rebecca when she sends you a request <laughs> on LinkedIn. So if you sent me one, this is what I would do. I would look at your request and say, is this someone that I can do business with potentially in today, in five years or 10 years, or can she bring me business? Mm -hmm. Or can she inform me in some way? Those are the three questions that I ask. The last thing that's important to mention is, if I connect to you, your audience is now connected to me by being a second tier connection. Yes. So if your audience is searching for a social media manager, or a LinkedIn guy, or a LinkedIn guru, or a um, or an Instagram manager, I'll show up. Mm -hmm. I have a higher chance, I should say, of showing up if we're connected because your audience is now not so far away from me. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things you should you should think about before you accept a connection request. It is there's no hard fast answer. The one thing I do want to say this is this this is absolutely a hard fast answer. Do not ever connect to somebody who's a fake person on LinkedIn. And if you're wondering who is a fake person, the number one thing I want you to look at is the profile photo. You can grab a profile photo, you can go to Google Images, and you can search their, that photo if you think they look a little suspicious. And chances are it may be a stock photo. And if it's a stock photo, somebody created a fake profile. Now, there are other things that you can look at. And if you have a question about that, send me a message. I'd be thrilled to even interact directly with you if you think you're running across a fake, pro, uh, a fake profile. 
So let's talk about something else. There is an article that just came out recently, and what was this featured on? Do I have the URL here? I think um, I don't have the URL, but it was. this is an article that was written by Pete Davies, who is the Senior Director of Consumer Products at LinkedIn. Pete Davies. So this is someone who knows what he's talking about. He said in this article that profiles with a photo get seen 21 times more often than those without. Holy mackerel. So if you don't have a profile photo on your on your LinkedIn fo- profile, you've got to do that 21 times. All right, and this is from an authority, right? I meet a, so, I, I gotta tell you, I meet a lot of people who are experts on LinkedIn, and I think they make up data. Right? I do. I don't know if they all know. This guy, this is good data. So 21 more times more likely to be, to have your profile show or have your, yeah, profile show up in a search result if you have a photo. Here's something else he said. He said that professionals who have their current position listed on their profile are discovered up to 16 times more in recruiter searches. Now, you can see where we're going in this article. This is for people looking for jobs. If you're looking for a position, these are some interesting things you've you've got to know about. One more thing, and the last thing, which leads me to a next point, and that is this. Their data shows, LinkedIn shows, that people who complete a LinkedIn skill skill assessment, I'm going to repeat that, LinkedIn skill assessment, are 30% more likely to get hired. Okay, great. What is a skill assessment? Well, this is a new thing that has rolled out on LinkedIn. And back on September the 17th, there was a piece that was published on LinkedIn where you should go search this. If you're looking for a position, go to LinkedIn, go to the help screen and look up skill assessments. It is a way for you to, it's a a process you take online on LinkedIn and it will answer some questions for you and will help you find the right job, give you a better chance of getting hired. I think that's kind of helpful, especially if you're looking for a job. Rebecca, are you going to be looking for a job anytime soon? <laughs> I hope not. Do I need to talk to your boss? <laughs> That's right. Do you have a hostile work environment? Yes. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, of course, this is not. Uh, this doesn't apply to everyone, but I do still think that understanding that how LinkedIn does and can help you find new positions. That's a that's a great thing. I got three other things I want to mention that are going on in social media. The first is Snapchat. I don't talk about Snapchat uh, much, but you have to know this is an important place on um, on the social media world. And they're doing something I think is really interesting, and it will draw more and more young people to stay engaged on Snapchat. They have a new feature called Cameos, where it lets you post your face on someone else's body. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rebecca, let's you and I get a picture. I'm going to put your face on my body I think and put is, it out on Snapchat. This should be done. Does, yes. that, does that sound like a great idea? A great idea. I will idea. look much better. I'll be honest. I think I'll look much better with your face than mine. There would certainly be an upgrade. But the, the point of this is is that this is, extra, this is a way that Snapchat engages their audience. So you can take somebody's picture and you can put them on the face of a cat, as an example. You can put them on other people. It has some creepy elements, I will honestly ag- agree. But this is why young people stay on Snapchat. They do these cool things that we find extremely interesting. Now, why is that important? Because of this. Snapchat's also launching a new interactive ad format. So what this does is it allows you or to put in a um, 
I'm going to call it a panel at the top of the screen that is your ad, and it lets the users engage with your ad at the bottom. So the users can grab it and share that. So here's an example. I think this is really cool. So Top Gun is coming out with a sequel. Have you heard about this? Yes. Yeah, yes. Very yeah. excited. Did you, did you like the first Top Gun? Well, it's a classic, isn't it? It I mean, is a classic. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, if you like Tom Cruise, it's one of those things. It's, it's uh, one of those very interesting movies. And what's great is he's coming back. Right. So he'll be back in it. Well, so they rolled out an ad campaign where it shows you can see the Top, the, the top Gun movie at the top and then you can put on the maverick helmet in the bottom so you can interact with this in a, in a multi-slide format so this is a way that you or us we may be to engage with people right on snapchat we're always trying to look for ways that we can harness our reach and if your audience is on snapchat then it, no, well, here's the other thing. If your audience is on Snapchat, then you better have a way to engage with them on Snapchat. So th- would this work for ePresence? No, because mm-hmm. my audience is not going to interact with me in some sort of ad that splits the screen on Snapchat. <laughs> uh, my kids would find it amusing, but that's about as far as it will go. But if you do have a product that appeals that audience, these are some great things that you can harness. So go look for that and look at the, how, how um, Snapchat is offering that as a new option. Well, good. So, so Rebecca. Yes, sir. I hear, I hear, I'm actually reading. I know that you have some very interesting things that you do at your organization. Mm-hmm. And in, in, I, in my organization, as a matter of fact, we say we provide excellence in social media. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is great. That's sort of our mission. But you told me that I can't really boil down everything down to just that. My strategy can't be, you know, that can't be the whole right. kitten caboodle. Yes. Explain that. You call that a strategy is not a soundbite. Yes. What does that mean? A strategy, let's start with what a strategy is. A strategy looks at a lot of different parts of a business. It looks at the goals of the business. It looks at the plans. It looks at past performance, so looking at data um, and current and future resources that are available. It looks at values. What are the values of the business? And it also looks at what I call the pep talk, um, which is what people often confuse for, one of the things that people often confuse for strategy, things like, we never stop until we succeed. Um, mm. that, that sentiment, the motivational side. Sure. So what strategy does is actually need to consider all of these and put uh, use all of these elements to determine what a business is, what it does, how it operates, where it is going, and how it's going to get there. So wow. a strategy is not, um, it's not the exciting uh, part of the business in the sense of that catchy sound bite that you can put on a t-shirt and, uh, you know, and turn into a fancy rhyme. A strategy I find very exciting, but it tells a story. And it's gonna, it's, it, it requires a page or two of text um, to really go through that. The, the, what you're describing for presence, for example, is a tagline or a promise that you're making. The thing with that is that that is extracted from a strategy because a lot of people will mm. use a word like excellence. So that can be a summary of what you're promising to your audience. Um, but then beyond that, how do you prove that? How do you demonstrate that that's true? And in particular, how do you get across what excellence means specifically for e-presence? Got it. How do you describe that as opposed to, or that might be different from how another business describes the word excellence? So 
you and I get together, let's mm-hmm. say we come up with a strategy and it's a couple of pages long. And, and, and my first question would be, if I was sitting down with you is, um, all right, so I would, I would look at a strategy and say, what are my target markets? Mm-hmm. Number one, I would try to, you know, who do I want to attack or where are those audience members? And then the next piece would be that I'm thinking of and is it would be a, um, is how do I, how do I approach those those target markets and then i would have an execution piece too Mm -hmm. of i've got x staff members doing this type of work working as we call them e-publicists and i would start to you know build into how do i feed into those folks to you know because i think it's all part of that success are these components of a strategy yes my off base no those are components of a strategy what i would come if in having that conversation i would uh start to ask questions that would actually lead us to something that happens before all of that. And what you're describing is where people tend to start. Sure. And that's fine. That's a good starting point. Um, what the what one is devising when working in that part of a business is then uh, what, what you're extracting is actually what comes before. It's okay to start sort of later and then build uh, build the previous step, which is defining the what I call the guiding principles. So you could think of this as a value statement. I like the term guiding principles because literally these are the principles that the business will uphold and that are going to guide all decisions. Good. So what does this business represent to its audience? What does it represent to the owner? And what does it represent to its employees? How is that made constant? Why does it operate in this way? What makes this business different? I talked before about how the foundation of what I do always has to be to find the differentiator. That's where all of that comes together. And that is the part that is going to inform all the other decisions. Everything else has to be true to those guiding principles. And that's fascinating. So you come through, we build all this, Mm -hmm. we're done and I put it on a shelf. Yes. <laughs> How do I live that? How do you find organizations are able to, to you know, yeah, it's great to develop it, mm-hmm. but how do they make it part of the fabric yes. of their daily lives? Yes, I was, I was, you know, coming up in business in the software world throughout the whole period of, is it, you know, we don't need business plans anymore and we're doing the lean canvas. I love the lean canvas, by the way. Um, we're not doing any business plan at all. These are just documents that get put into a drawer. They only exist for it to look good in front of investors. Here's the thing, do whatever you want with the document once it's done. The point is not to have the document, the point is to create the document. Oh, it's the process. It's the process. It's when you're going through all of that that you're going to reveal all or discover all these things about your business, how you operate, how you want to operate, how you're capable of operating, um, which sometimes isn't what you thought it was and you discover that once you start examining it. That's what it's about. And then what you discover, yes, you can put that on a document, put it in a drawer, that's fine. There are parts of that that I will tell my clients to put on the wall, the guiding principles, those sure. parts of it, the the things that dictate how you're going to operate, how you're going to be known in the world. Mm-hmm. Those you put on your wall, those are constants and you never want to forget them. But what you're creating with that is a way to keep that strategy dynamic. So as you operate, as things change, you're still coming back to those principles to guide the next decision. Very interesting. How much time does this take? It will take as long as you want it to take. I, frankly, I can, <laughs> when I work with the business, um, I can get the foundational strategy document together over the course of two to three months, um, which is a 
series of meetings between myself and the client, uh, three to four meetings. Okay. Um, you can The essentials that you need, you can get on paper in that amount of time. Or if, if we sat down and worked on nothing else, we could do it in a couple of days. Right. I don't advise that for the simple reason that I actually advise doing a bit of work and then taking at least a few days to step away from it and then come back. Hmm. There's, it's a process, and part of that process is brainstorming. Sure. There is a, I've heard this recently, and it was that it takes a couple of days for information to truly gel and for our yes. brains to process it in a way that can spit out something that is germane or, or useful from yes. that new information. Sleeping on it for two days is good. Yes. And waking up that third day and letting, and, and when we wake up, our brain is ready to go. And I'm going to tell you what, I wake up at 5 a.m. and my right. brain is firing away. Yeah. I've got one of those pads by my desk or by my, uh, on my nightstand and, mm -hmm. I, and I turn over and I start writing notes down on it mm -hmm. because my brain is just, it is, it's like, it's like a popcorn, like I'm popping popcorn. It's like all these kernels keep going crazy and, and I want to grab all of them, but mm -hmm. there's too many of them to grab. So I just jot down but i've heard after two days if i was focused on that and i you, maybe my pad would have a note hey go back and think about yes what you and rebecca spoke about two days ago mm -hmm. that i could probably come up with some new ideas and and get back with you and say wow okay right. here's more and over of course over those two days i probably had some other nuggets that came out of that too so that makes great sense yeah very very interesting so, all right, one of the things that I like to uh, believe is that we have great values at ePresence, mm -hmm. and, and we honor our, our staff. I, I try not to bother them if, you know, with stupid stuff. <laughs> I definitely never berate them, as an mm -hmm. example. Even if I'm frustrated with something, I still value. I, I always come back to valuing what that person is as a person and, mm -hmm. and appreciating the work that they've done. We all make mistakes. If I was perfect, I would certainly, uh, I would be very much more critical. I'm far <laughs> from perfect. But the, the thing that's interesting is when you look at values, we do sometimes try to take that and turn it into, we try to turn it into something that becomes a marketing tool. Mm -hmm and in incorporating our values into the way we market. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't come across very genuine. Yes. You have, you, you have a, in some of your notes here that values that they're, they are more than marketing. Yes. So when you pull that out, what do you do with values? Well, most often when I ask a business what their values are, the answer that they give me tends to be a mix between what the values are and what they wish their values were. Mm. Um, so it might be a, a, a value or standard that they want to uphold, but when we examine it, they're not actually doing that. I mean, I have an example where I was working <laughs> with a small business. They told me their number one value was transparency. So I called in a very junior employee into the build, into the to the meeting room, and asked this junior employee if she knew what the other departments were working on, and she had no idea. There's, and there was absolutely no transparency in this business. Right. It wasn't malicious. They Truly, just, it sounds like they aspired to be transparent. They, it it mattered so much to them, but they weren't doing it in practice. Wow. That's a perfect example where if they had said that as one of stated transparency as one of their values eventually it would come across to their clients but mainly because their employees would not buy into it right. they knew that it wasn't true so that's the what i'm often overcoming when i'm working with values 
And sometimes it is a question of maybe let's just forget transparency. It doesn't mean that you're not transparent and, you know, that, that again, it doesn't suddenly mean that there's a negative value in place. Right. But it just means that maybe that is not your strong suit and that's not where we're going to focus. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. Because what we'll do is we'll discover something else that really means a lot to you and that you are already embodying. And sometimes it's specifically because it's something that a business already does that they've kind of taken for granted and haven't right. st taken or haven't sort of stood aside for a second and appreciated that they're really good at this and this is something that this is a standard that they uphold very well. And I would say that if someone is an, an, in a successful organization and they're growing and they're they're making money mm -hmm. that they are good at something. Yes. Right. Yes. And I, that sounds almost trite, but it, there is and it's probably not just something, it's some things. Yes. There are more than one thing, and discovering that and making those better is a great thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've got three kids, and I constantly share with them that they need to figure out what they're great at. NBA basketball players, so the players mm -hmm. in the NBA play basketball. Yes. They don't play baseball, they don't play football. Well, one play baseball, but that's another story. But NBA players play basketball, mm -hmm. and they stay focused on that, and they are good at it, and they only stay focused on that to get better at that. Mm -hmm. We need to do that. We need to constantly work as workers and companies to stay focused on what we're good at. Yes. Well, it is officially two minutes left, and as you can okay. see on my notes here, it says two minutes left. Yes. So <laughs> we got to close out. Yes. I want you to share with everyone how they can find you, where, Facebook Thank or you. wherever they, wherever you want people to go. Yeah. How should they find you? My website, great starting point, is rgbritzi.com. So R for Rebecca, G for Gebhardt, B-R-I-Z-I, -I, my surname, .com. Um, and LinkedIn, it's the same, LinkedIn and uh, forward slash rgbritzi. Um, so that's the best place to start and uh, where you can see not just my work, my blog, so a lot of what I've been talking about here. Uh, you can read how I act upon some of these things in my blog or sign up to my newsletter about my workshops, in particular, the one that's relevant to what we're talking about today, the promise, so how we build that promise that a business makes to its clients. Great. Outstanding. So you've done something that I encourage almost every every show. You have one handle. Yes. R.G. Britzi. Yes. Not Breezy, <laughs> Britzi. Beautiful. And if you and if saying that correctly also helps people understand how to spell that. And that is brilliant that you have made that consistent. So your branding is great. Well done. I can tell you thought this through. You are living what you teach. So thank you for being here. I thank so appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. having me. This you is bet. Fun. So and thank and everyone else that's listening. Thank you for being with us here on How's Your E-Presence. Remember, we broadcast live on the third Thursday of each month at three o'clock Eastern, or remember the third Thursday at three. But you can always listen to our shows anytime, twenty four seven, by going to businessradiox.com and selecting the Gwinnett Studio. Just look for How's Your E-Presence. Our show logo's there. You can find us also on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and even, this is so cool, your Amazon Echo. You can add us to your news feed there. And check out our podcast channel on our on our website at epresence.me slash podcast for all of our shows. Until next time, for my guests, Rebecca Brizzi, I'm Mark Galvin, and this has been How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. Business Radio X.